Good morning, gut buckets. Time to wipe the crap from your eye sockets and bite the wind of another Wednesday. Time's roll. You need a tool. You come to me. Hey, aren't you that uh, king of the road? Yeah, <laughs> the fireworks. Mama. I'm sorry, Gumdrop. We belong here, and you know it. Adults, in. I mean, you, Mrs. Blowtard, let's get that rear in gear. Forgive him, Lazarus. 45 minutes, I'm gonna be famous. You know what you're gonna be? A blowhole. Sing it. Uh, it's me. I have a metal plate in my head. Heart times soul equals rock and roll. Just win, baby. Night is young. There's oh, the humanity! Fun. You'll be sorry! Hooray, men from space! You need a safety goggles or a helmet? You come to me. When will it stop? I joined the service to help people, to do good for mankind. Artie, the strongest man in the world. What are you, some kind of serial killer? Problem. Problem. Did I ever tell you guys you're the best family I know? We know where you live, jiggle butts. I've been waiting for you. This is your driver, Stu, with an update on our new onboard regulations. Passengers will refrain from killing my soul. <laughs> you have soft hands for a man, Don. <laughs> I mark your cheese danish and all it stands for. You will be as cheese, boy. Melty, melty, melty. So moist, so alive. Hasn't it gone far enough? And I just used a noun as a verb. What's happening to me? Recurve, recurve. I believe it's time we served up the main course. Good morning, Cup Buckets. This is Big Orange Couch, the 90s Nickelodeon podcast where we talk about all things 90s Nickelodeon. My name is Joey. I'm Andrew, and we have a special, ultra special guest today. Big time. Introducing the Danny Tamborelli. (laughs) Guys, thanks for getting me out of that big orange couch. It's been a long time. (laughs) Dust off. I got about about 78 cents here. That's probably yours, but finders keepers. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. Uh, Danny, thank you so much for joining us for episode 200. Um, Ooh, you offered, wow. you offered, you offered to be on the first 199 and we just said, no, <laughs> it's gotta be 200. I like, I like that. There's something about a bicentennial that just really feels nice. Shiny, shiny, full of trinkets. Like, yeah. like It's not as good as a susquicentennial, but it's close. That, exactly, which is a hundred, exactly. which is one hundred and fifty years to you and me. Ah, <laughs> right. Well, we we didn't want to waste you on cat dog. Um, we, we, wanted, we, we wanted you. We wanted you for something juicy. We had been saving our favorite Pete and Peach. We did our, um, I guess bottom, not bottom five. Uh, I don't know. Our our ten through six last week, uh, and so this is the big one here. We've we've asked you in any form just to participate, which you you officially have. You're here. And uh, however you want to participate is cool. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't know what you're going to do here as far as a list or not. But uh, whatever you do, I think people people are excited. When we announced that we were having you, 
it was like the most messages we've ever gotten. Like you're just universally beloved by uh, people in their thirties and twenties. Well, the twenties, not some, I mean, maybe 29. I, I feel like it's, it's actually, it's actually mid to late thirties and upwards. You know, it's like the, the, the people that, you know, are like 48 and single and live in their parents' basement. And they love me. They love me so much. And I appreciate that because they need, you know, like there's, they got nothing. They got mom's casserole that, you know, keeps getting blander and blander all the time because she's forgetting it because there's dementia sitting in. (laughs) And their Danny Danny Tamborelli poster on the wall. It's a weird, yeah, it's a weird thing. You know, I get these random emails from people saying that, like, help me get out of the house because I used to watch you on TV and you got slimed. (laughs) And I just think about that and that makes me feel good before I hear the door lock again from the basements because I'm not allowed upstairs into the dining room anymore after that one accident that happened. It's a very long run-on email. It's It it just – if I had a nickel for each one of them, it's very specific. I could have a whole – I could have a whole box of Bazooka Joe. That's what I'm saying, guys. I, I like the idea that uh, the kids would maybe only know you from like Figure It Out. Like <laughs> Danny Tamborelli of Figure It Out is their hero. Gosh, guys, you're like okay, like you know, it's, I'm not one to do a lot of pausing in in podcasting, but you're really <laughs> fluffing me up. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> just need, just need a, I need a second to catch my breath. Oh boy, um, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 See, I, I, what I the, real, the real thing is that this 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 is all uh, based on the fact that uh, my son is not sleeping well at night, and so I'm, I'm a little spacey during the day. So yeah. I'm trying to I'm trying to be nice here, is what I'm saying. Holy cow! Thank yeah, you. you're you're the mom and dad. Uh, I am the mom and the dad. Yeah, he suckles my teats too. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't um, like it. He doesn't like that. I've I've tried to make that joke to him before, and. Uh, when he was a little baby and he did not like it. It's a no Because he took he took to it for a second. He's like, Oh yeah, oh hey, wait. and he's smart, he's smart. And then I tried to do it a second time and he's like, Dad, okay, but only because you're my dad oh, you did it again. <laughs> and now and now he's learned the third time he learned his lesson. Smart. <laughs> this, very, wait, is very, this a, very is, adva- it, a very advanced for his age. Is this uh is this a podcast? Um or is this? Uh, uh, are we talking about dadhood? Or are we talking about Nickelodeon? <laughs> are we talking about sandwiches, guys? Because I'm hungry. I'm thirsty too. I need some water. We could talk sandwiches. Favorite sandwich, Danny? Mm-hmm. Uh, favorite sandwich? Uh, yeah, that's a good old, good old Italian sub. Ooh, yeah, Love it. yeah. yeah. Mm. That's a you know, got to get the right bread though. Andrew, favorite sandwich? Favorite sandwich. Man, maybe like peanut butter and jelly and banana. <laughs> Classic. Yeah, that's well. A good if, we're, one. if we're counting subs, I'm I'm going I'm going meatball, meatball sub with mm-hmm. cheese. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, it, it, Danny, is this true? I I I think I saw this. Uh, is your band your band Jones? Uh, are you guys going on tour with Polaris? We are doing some shows with Polaris. Yes. Wow. Yes. That's awesome. Uh, some of them are not finalized yet, but a couple of them are. Um, but yeah, there will be more. There will be more than one than just the one. And 
the poor kids have been uh, uh, sending me messages being like, is it the only one? Like, do I have to fly from San Francisco to New <laughs> Haven, Connecticut? And I'm like, well, I mean, maybe. I'm not yeah. sure. But no, definitely no West Coast shows for us. So if you are on the West Coast and you want to see Little Pete's band open for the band that Little Pete heard that made him want to play music, that made Danny also want to play music. <laughs> Very meta. It's, it's a very meta. Yeah, it's a very meta situation, <laughs> and I, but, uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have it any other way. That's it. Yeah. It's you know, it's a cool thing. Yeah, if you like Danny, you're going to have to prove it. Get your airplane ticket. <laughs> if you like Danny, <laughs> prove it. Uh, I stopped accepting pinkies though, so please don't send mm. any of those. Oh, boy. No more. Oh, boy. Uh, I put my Ringo star with no more letters, no more pinkies. <laughs> It's Lebowski. Nice. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right. But my girlfriend um, lost a toe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. Robo- before oh, we Pete get into Pete. it. Pete. There's a show that I was on when <laughs> yeah, I was seven Pete. years old. Adventures of Pete and Pete. Yeah. Uh, it's a classic. It's it's Andrew and I's uh, favorite Nickelodeon show. We, we hem and haw a lot to appease people who listen like you know oh yeah we really like doug and rocco and are you afraid of the dark but you know pete and pete's kind of our holy grail i would say as far as like something that uh, helps shape i guess our sensibilities yeah andrew yeah good good way of putting it that is a you guys are weirdos like me that's cool (laughs) (laughs) yeah definitely weirdos um but the best kind of weirdo like uh christmas cardi says it sometimes when we do reunions that he like they were when they were doing the uh when they were testing the show and like they saw like the one kid in the back like the total like you know picking his nose like shoes untied like stain on his shirt yeah uh just to be like yes come on just say something like if you just say one thing like this is going to be very helpful and he didn't say anything um, which is a metaphor for the show because all, yeah. the, all these people that like were really into it you know really cared and then like you can't find it anywhere and yeah nickelodeon holds it hostage yeah yeah it's sorry i didn't mean to wow super no. bummer dude i don't no. to be demi downer here <laughs> uh, well um, yeah youtube is uh it's it's we talked about last episode it's pretty much unaffordable to buy the dvds now uh, yeah. They're like almost the season two is almost like two hundred dollars. Well, you know, yeah. Well, you know what? It's because uh, Mike is the one selling them all online. Uh, knew it. Yeah, sounds right. Once he he's just looking. He's looking to make that extra buck. Like he's he. You know how uh, all of the oh, oh god, all of the Sex Pistols. They all sold away all of their licensing, so they never get any money except for Glenn, <laughs> except for Glenn Matlock, who was the original bass player who wrote all the songs for that first wow. record, and he gets to make all the money. And they kicked his ass out for Sid Vicious dummies. <laughs> and 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 uh, uh, Mike has always lived his life uh, like Glenn, like modeled his behaviors like, off Glenn. No, no, no. He wishes he was Glenn. He's he's John Lydon. He's screwed. He got nothing. Oh, he didn't get wow. any residuals, so that's what he does. He bought all the DVDs and he's selling them for a high price. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's you know, it's uh, not the worst idea I've ever heard. No, it's uh, a great idea. It's a great <laughs> idea. The funny thing is, they're burned DVDs and nobody knows until they get them. And they think it's all coming. They think it's all coming from Paramount Plus. Sorry. Oh my lord. Um. <laughs> Anywho, I guess we just lost Viacom. Sorry. 
<laughs> Nobody's listening, Danny. Nobody's listening. Um, Andrew, uh, are you ready to get into the top five? Sure. Um, we we have some clips here. People sent us their favorite episodes. Uh, let's hear a clip here from our old buddy Justin uh, and his pick here. Hey, Gut Buckets, it's Justin here, and I just wanted to pop on real quick and discuss one of my favorite episodes of The Adventures of Pete and Pete. It's very difficult to narrow it down to just one, but I think I've arrived at my decision. And my decision is that my favorite episode of The Adventures of Pete and Pete is what we did on our summer vacation. What, you didn't know that? Well, the things that I like about this episode, like many episodes of the series, is that it just really perfectly captures feelings, events, memories of what it was like growing up for me. Um, uh, the, the end of summer, you know, that scene where they're fighting the ocean and they're pushing back and resisting, you know, going back to school. I feel like that was just kind of like a dread that the most of us had went through. Um, so many great cameos in the episode. Um, just the whole way through. I mean, the, <laughs> so many great laughs and like, as in most episodes, um, I really feel like kind of like Mr. Tasty is an iconic image of the show and the blue tornado bars. There's just so many things that vividly stick out in my memory about this episode, watching it when it aired and, you know, watching reruns and syndication in the summertime. It just really captured life at that moment for me, you know, it felt like the summer for them was the summer for me. And I was watching it in the summertime and just felt like I was part of it. Um, it was very tough to pick just one episode. There were like two others that I feel like were on the same level, but I think I'm going to go with, uh, what we did on our summer vacation. And, um, I just want to give a special shout out and congratulations to the big orange couch on 200 episodes. Looking forward to, you know, Many more, and uh, congrats, guys, on everything you've accomplished. And I really appreciate everything that you do, and you know, bringing this community of all of us together, and letting us, you know, relive relive some nostalgia and um, talk about the entertainment that shaped us. Thanks. Love it. Uh, it it did not appear on your list yet, Andrew. Uh, I'm I'm highly suspect that uh, we haven't heard about it from you. Uh, yeah, I think. I might bring it up <laughs> coming up if here. You, if, if you feel like it. Yeah. Hmm, okay. I think it probably will. I'm listening. <laughs> it, it was, it was my number 11. So I talked about it last week. It was my close call, Pete and Pete. Um, you know, I know that's not an, a popular take. It's a pretty beloved episode, but uh, just not in my top five. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. that's but, kind of egregious. <laughs> What yeah. I did on my summer vacation is a, is a an episode near and dear to my heart because it really showcases the back tattoo. Ah, oh my yeah. gosh, the boat! The people forget that I had a a, a big ass like warship on my back, like from the seventeen hundreds. Is that the only time we see that? No, you get it in. Uh, you get it in the uh, uh, oh gosh, the episode of the pool with the oh. uh, 
with the splashdown. The splashdown. The splashdown. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You guys are going to be better at the names than I am. <laughs> <laughs> Especially with that dang season three, just nowhere to be found. Yeah. I, but I digress. Well, splashdown is one of my favorites. That was my number nine. Uh, yeah, that that tattoo probably smart that they you know weren't having to put that on you every episode, uh, assuming it wasn't <laughs> real. <laughs> that's what they used to yell. That's my mom was like, "Do you want that for real? Because if you keep acting up, I'm gonna make them give you a real tattoo." I was like, "Mom, this is the weirdest reverse psychology parenting <laughs> yeah. ever." For sure, Ma- made me not get any tattoos of my own until I was in my early thirties. So. It worked, I guess. Yeah. I, guess I guess it did. <laughs> are you often uh, not confronted, but uh, are you? Do people often show you petunia tattoos? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a lot. I have I have hundreds of pictures of people with. with I mean, I could make a coffee table book that seventeen people would buy. <laughs> but it would be really, it would be really special for those seventeen people. I guess I would actually, and instead of being like, hey, you can be in my book, I'll give you the book for free, I would charge all the people with the the tattoos as well that are in the book. Nobody gets a free one. Yeah. So then maybe so then maybe I'd sell like three hundred and (laughs) seventeen copies. Dang, that's a lot of petunia tattoos. Dude, it's 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 really beautiful. Honestly, like that's a that's such a cool thing that, that people were so taken by the show that they put ink on themselves. Yeah. And it's really funny too, like some of them are like this was my first tattoo. I'm like, well, that, you went big, but that is a, that is a front forearm tattoo of a woman with red hair. And some of them are different. Like some is more orange hair. Like some of them, but you know, there's, it's beautiful that like Pajuna takes these different forms on different people. Yeah. I imagine some of them are like the variations are like hyper realistic all the way to like, Mm -hmm. uh, like (laughs) someone didn't quite get this one. (laughs) Yeah. Like the guy was like, I don't know what Pete and Pete is, What you want a lady on your arm. Gotcha. I can do that. (laughs) What red, red hair. Sure. 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 Red, red. uh, Oh yeah. Green. green. Yeah. 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 No, I got it. I got you. (laughs) Nailed it. Uh, I don't, I'm not very good with eyes though. Like, Petunia has no eyes. Yeah, it's, it's all open interpretation, man. <laughs> right on. Um, all right, Andrew, do you want to tell us your number five? Uh, sure. My number five is Time Tunnel. Oh, I gotta hand it to you, Wrigley. You sure know how to party. It's for time traveling, you cheese plug. Ooh, time traveling. <laughs> Guess your big brother didn't get all the dink jeans after all, huh? Let me ask you one question, Mike. Were you ever a kid? Was I ever a kid? No. We'll see about that. Great episode. Uh, I just, I I love the whole idea of uh, time traveling by using... By cereal. Yes, yeah. <laughs> time time tra- time travel by cereal yeah. by Kellogg's. <laughs> Somehow this is just one of those ones that like as a kid especially really spoke to me. Like the goofiness of it and the want and the um, kind of sadness of time passing and grappling with that for the first time. There is a larger metaphor in that episode for sure. Yeah. But it is it's something that it resonates with kids so much because you know that's 
we all kind of felt. I mean, I, I know I felt that way. Like when you when you're gonna lose an hour or gain an hour, like yeah. that that night was like it's you know until you're like, well, I can stay at the bar an extra hour. Oh damn, I gotta get out of the bar an hour early. Yeah, uh, but when you're a kid, it's like it's these are like these magical moments where you're like, it's two o'clock, it's three o'clock, yeah, it's two o'clock, it's one o'clock. <laughs> It's like you don't know why it's happening. Yeah, or two o'clock becomes three is the is the one. Yeah, yeah. Pete and Pete does a beautiful job at like capturing those moments too, like Nightcrawlers, and uh, I don't know. There's a bunch of episodes where it's like just this little tiny detail about childhood, where it's like, yes, this was just fascinating. Yeah, just, yeah. yeah, yeah. You can take all. You can take a lot of. You can as as again like being like a new a new dad. He's just two years old, and the things that he's doing, I can just see, like, how, like, you know, just, like, teeny little, like, I make these little videos on Instagram called Tuesdays with Alfie, and they're just mostly him just messing around doing stuff, but you can just see, like, you know, you can just see the, how it's, it's easy to take something, like, so, you know, minute, but it's, it's, you know, they're, like, building blocks and stuff, so then you just feel like, oh, yeah, you can connect with it so well. Yeah, which I feel like, you know, I mean, that's the big, that's the thing with Pete and Pete, right? It's like it, they really like, they really honed in, and and you can be, you know, you could have been the parent, you could have been the kid watching the show, like, but there's always something for everyone, and and the message always seemed to like, you know, affect just everything, you know, yeah, like the, all, all all people. Yeah, it's an interesting for point sure. too. I think that it probably is a core reason as to why the show ages so well is because like in my twenties, I was like, Oh, bus driver stew. Like I get it. (laughs) Like, you know, now in my thirties, I'm like, Oh, I get what Joyce Wrigley, like why she's concerned here. Uh, (laughs) And yeah, yeah, I imagine I'll just like, I'll keep eventually I'll, you know, I'll, uh, it'll, it'll, it'll probably, you know, eventually not. But uh, right now I feel like there's like a track of like following a character's story. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you're, yeah, you can you can really f- figure out your age, what you're doing in life right now, and find a character. Oh, that would be a good what be a good BuzzFeed thing. Like, what P and P character are you? And it would, <laughs> and mostly it would just be like, do you know this show or not? And it'd be like seventy thirty. Damn. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I'd get like. Chris Elliott and Sick Day or something <laughs> like you know just like <laughs> very concerned. Um, well, that's a, that, I will say that is in my top five. You just hit one. Oh, Sick Day. Nice. Sick Day Love is it. in my top five. Attention, all faculty members. Attention, all faculty members. Kalui Amatutu. Repeat, Kalui Amatutu. Don Ho will not emerge from the Valley of Darkness. So when you're talking about it, it's kind of interesting, right? Because, like, yeah, you were there. Is it more like the fondness for the episode, like watching it again? Or is it like being part of it, both? I think it's a little bit of both. I I think it is hard for me to... It's hard for me to take myself out of it because, again, I was a kid like everybody watching it. So I, I enjoyed watching it because we shot it out of sequence and yeah. you know i after reading the script and like doing the, all the scenes like i always wanted to see it 
put together so I could like you know enjoy it myself. Um, but yeah, Syncagus, mostly because of Chris Elliott. I was my dad was a big Chris Elliott fan and Bob Elliott fan, his dad, and uh, so when he came on the set, there was like very few, you know. I didn't know who Iggy Pop was. My dad told me who he was, and I was like, "Oh wow, that's cool!" And that was like a, a big life-changing moment for me, like musically and all that stuff. But like Chris Elliott was somebody who I knew and watched him, yeah. him and Bill and Bill Hickey, those two, yeah. those two guys. Like I watched Christmas Vacation till my yeah. eyes fell out <laughs> when I was a kid. I used to watch that all the time. Ah, blessing! I would say that to him. <laughs> And like he thought it was funny like the first couple times, and then he was just like, "Shut the fuck up, kid!" <laughs> Man, I just couldn't stop myself. I'm 11 years old. I'm like, "I love this guy. Do it. Do the blessing. Do the blessing." That's amazing. Yeah, you're a kid. What else are you supposed to do? Right. Like, the, the you know the not to go away from sick day, but yeah, the Bill Hickey performance uh, in um, uh, when Pete's collide is just it's one of the finest performances i think put to film it's it, the you know i think we've talked about the it's milk line a whole lot on this podcast yeah. but it's uh, <laughs> it's just incredible drink that it's milk it's milk <laughs> yeah it's magic i this you know this time when i was watching it i was thinking about you know, I'm not sure who directed that episode or you know but the people watching it just having to be like this is we are capturing magic like this is incredible <laughs> Yeah. Oh God! Is that an Adam Bernstein one? Maybe. Yeah. Oh gosh, not now. No, oh, it's okay. Gonna Everybody's <laughs> gonna get on my no. case. No, no, no. You do not. You have to do idiot! That. You stupid idiot! You were on the show. You don't even know who directed it. Gosh, what were you like? Eleven? Have you been alive twice as long as you were when you did the show for that one week? <laughs> I, I I don't think it's expected. You know the bios here. Um, I'll tell you who does know that is Michael C. Morona, and he will. He is a he is a, a vault of information. But he was also four years older than me. Yeah, I yeah. feel like I remember a lot more from when I was you know fifteen and sixteen. Yeah, for sure. When I was like eleven or twelve, because I made all these memories, you know, and they can't stick around. There's no iCloud for my memories. <laughs> So true. Except, except Elon Musk is trying to do that right now. <laughs> yeah. Son of a bitch. <laughs> exactly. Stay out of my head. Stay in the pig's head. Stay out of mine. <laughs> uh, sick day. All right. Oh, was it get a life? I'm sorry. Just uh, Chris Elliott. Like <laughs> yeah. we just oh, watched. My dad and I used to watch Get a Life like uh, sure. religiously. So that was like a really, a really big moment. And he was so cool and nice, and like he was just a <laughs> chill dude and. We ma- maintain email friendship uh, once in a while, awesome. and cool. his, his daughters are really great. Yeah, um, he's so. he's just I think underrated. I mean, everything he's in. I, the other it was like two weeks ago. Scary Movie Two was on, and I'm just like, this is this is a tour de force. Like nobody will ever talk about this <laughs> performance. I'm sure, but he is just absolutely tearing it up. And like, I felt like it was a guilty pleasure that I liked Cabin Boy, but like. Oh, whatever. Kevin Boy is great too. I mean, he just he yeah he's that's my my kind of humor, and it's yeah. just like he's so good at facial expression. Like there's like that there's a certain kind of person that 
you know, it doesn't always have to be just the funny things coming out of their mouth. Like him and say you know, Chris Elliott and as like the best, like dry, like, what do you mean? Like, he's like, I'm not stupid. You're stupid. And, <laughs> and yeah, it just killed. That just kills me. Him yeah. and Keenan, Keenan, Keenan Thompson has the best facial oh expressions for any, yeah, any jokes ever. Incredible. Yeah. Who just yeah. got a, who just got a, he's in the, the new class of, Yes. Hollywood, uh, he's getting a Hollywood star. You, you got a star. Uh, That's awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Um, perfect. Okay. Uh, well, my number five uh, is an episode we've talked about before on here. Uh, season two, episode three. That is The Call. What do you got to say for yourself now? It's over. Kaput! You curse you! At least we tried to save the town. Yeah. <laughs> What do you want on your tombstone? Here lies Pete and Artie. They answered the call. Yeah. Uh, an episode that I, you know, the way I think about it is like the call is both about communal suffering and healing at the same time. You know, like <laughs> a community <laughs> suffering through both heat and a phone ringing and also figuring out then ways to overcome those two things. And I think it's one of the more beautiful episodes of the show. It's just like a... I, for my money, I'm not sure there's like a that ending uh, when uh, Big Pete yeah. says true love, if it's really true, doesn't need an answer. I'm just not sure anything is like better I than mean, that. That's, for, that's yeah, that's it's yeah. that's pretty powerful stuff. Yeah. So I yeah, but that, that episode's just like it feels hot. I feel like I knew that feeling oh, yeah. as a kid. Um, and then that ringing phone is like just that touch of oddness that you know made Pete and Pete different than every other kid's it's, show. It's really, it's really hitting home right now in all the areas that are just overblown by cicadas. <laughs> <laughs> they're having, they're, they're having a similar summer. <laughs> Andrew, you were saying you just listened to uh, your po- the podcast, right, Danny and Mike? Yeah, latest episode you guys oh, talked about the yeah yeah, yeah my my in law my in laws are right in the in the thick of it and they're <laughs> in the thick of like like I brought I brought some I didn't even realize I brought a cicada home until I found it dead on my dashboard oh my god uh, yeah there it's just insane it was insane and like we pulled up and I opened the door and it was like a deafening sound and I was like what the hell is going on here like this is terrible. And I said, does it stop? And my father-in-law's like, nope, it gets louder at the... <laughs> it gets louder before it gets quiet. Like, it's going to get worse before it gets better. I'm like, fuck. But then we got used to it. But I mean, it's like that same thing. It was very hot and like that noise. And it's like you're kind of disorienting feeling. And you're like, ah. Uh, which is much like the, the ringing constantly. But I mean, yeah. it's, it's, that's, it's dedication. It's, uh, it's... It's really, it seems like Adam Sandler watched that and then made the Steve Buscemi's character and uh, Billy Madison. Oh my goodness. He just took it a little bit further. They feel like if someone's going to be calling that phone for that long, they're, you know, they probably have a long rifle with a scope. (laughs) I like the idea of Adam Sandler, like sitting on the couch, taking notes as he watches Pete and Pete. Like, yeah, this is good. This is good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna be a star. Um, <laughs> we did, we we did a we did a reunion in uh, Los Angeles, and Dan Harmon was there, and he 
he tweeted about the you know the he's the, Will and Chris talk about making something that's like happy, sad, strange, and beautiful. And he just mm-hmm. responded. Yeah. He like wrote those four down and he was like, hmm, okay. And then he did Rick and Morty. So I'm not sure <laughs> if he hit it. He didn't really necessarily hit the nail on the head with all of those, but you know. Yeah. He kind of did. Like there's some, I mean, it's it's not, uh, I'm waiting for my check is what I'm saying. <laughs> Freaking Dan Harmon. Um all right. Well, let's hear. Let's hear from another. Uh, let's hear from two listeners here. Uh, one from Jace and one from Shay. Um, so let's start with Jace. Hey, what's up, Big Orange Couch buddies? What a cool question to ponder over. My favorite episode of the Adventures of Pete and Pete. Oh boy. Well, I think if I'm going objectively, I think King of the Road may be one of, if not the best, episode of Pete and Pete in my eyes. I think the humor and pacing of that episode is just top-notch. But if I'm being completely honest, just from the cockles of my heart and the recesses of my mind, I'm going to have to say my favorite episode of Pete and Pete is Halloween-y. I'm just, I've always been a die-hard Halloween nut, and that one is just such a welcome addition to the pantheon of Halloween specials. I watch it every year. I watch it with my kids. I watch it with my friends. It's just pinnacle Pete and Pete for me. And while it's a flawed episode, you know, I gotta just go with my gut. That is absolutely my favorite episode is Halloweeny. Not to say that there aren't a million great selections out there. I mean, every single episode of The Adventures of Pete and Pete, at its worst, is still pretty dang good. But if I have to say my favorite episode, I'm just gonna have to be honest. Halloweeny. Top five. For you? Yes. The record has never been broken. Me and Pete always tried, but then he quit. Athena never quit. I won't either. Wow. wow. All right. So, what is it about <laughs> Halloweeny, Danny? Uh, well, just the episode itself shot is perfect, and like shooting yeah. it was super fun, and all these night shots. Like, I have a ton of nostalgia for that. Uh, just personally, being a little punk kid. <laughs> enjoying smashing stuff and like being a part of the the art department and and and, you know setting everything up and they're like you want to break some of these i'm like yeah i do (laughs) (laughs) so like a couple of times those pumpkins being thrown uh and the shot you know the shot of them splatting i threw some of those yeah awesome Uh, so so i was like yeah i'm doing everything in this i'm crushing it (laughs) literally uh yeah literally crushing it um and that was just a, that it's just a perfect it's a perfect episode you know the yeah. the and it and i think in in turn it might be in top 3 for me wow. because in terms of like the whole aura of the show and the push pull between the brothers is like the yeah. exactly the right amount of conflict and like each side of being like too old but still wanting to like be a part because like you remember it and that was like your it's like a first moment of like nostalgia you're like yeah oh i could go trick-or-treating or i could fuck shit up well <laughs> i don't know my little brother wants to get you know get candy and hang out i kind of want to do too but i also you know it's just like it's a it's a it's a it's a perfect uh, exercise in like growing up <laughs> and and where you're where you're you know where you lie on either side of that yeah 
Yeah, I think Pete and Pete does that uh, perfectly. Andrew, I feel like you know you you and your brother were a year apart, two years. Yeah, a year or a year and a half. So you guys Very were always similar. Kind of- kind of close and i was always too far apart like my next mm. oldest sibling's five years older so it yeah. just was like you know it was always a disconnect um, yeah yeah i have the same thing my both of i have two sisters who are one's four years younger and one's eight years younger so we're all four years apart wow. and it was like i've graduated and they right. went to high school you know so yeah. like we never really overlapped in school or anything yeah Though you do benefit for me personally, like my older sibling, like I benefited from music, like, you know, they introduced me to the cure and whatever it might be. So like you want to be cool in their eyes. So you're listening to whatever they're listening to. So it has its benefits. Yes. Yes. That's I've that it has its benefits. And then and then once they realize how much you love music, then it can be bad. Like, you know, don't piss them off or all of a sudden you're. You know, your Beck Mellow Gold CD has a scratch through it. It never works ever again. I was just trying to tell them that it's cool to be a loser, baby. (laughs) And they just, they weren't, they weren't having it. They weren't having it. Except for a hole. I got my, I got my, yeah, my sister who's four years younger than me. She had a moment where she really liked hole and, uh, I apologized to her all those years later <laughs> and, and said, yes, live through this is a good record, but just think about who actually wrote it. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. Yeah. The, I remember one year my sister wanted a CD really bad, um, but she couldn't figure out who the artist was. So she said like a song name and she said, Oh, the song's called satellite. And I, bought her Elliot Smith self-titled, which has a song called Satellite on it, um, but she wanted Dave Matthews' band. Um, <laughs> That's a much better choice. You, you helped her out. <laughs> well, she ended up not wanting the album, and I, so I ended up taking it, and it, like, changed my life. It's, like, literally one of the most important uh, <laughs> albums in my life, so, yeah, it was, like, the best mistake yeah. I'd ever made. Yeah, that's um, beautiful. But she did not end up with a Christmas gift, so. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, uh, and let's hear from Shea here. Hey guys, it's Shay, also known as Shay is Awesome. Um, just wanted to say congratulations on 200 episodes. And I wanted to tell you a couple, few of my favorite uh, Pete and Pete episodes. First is what we did on our summer vacation. I just love that because of the mystery surrounding Mr. Tasty and how much uh, Big Pete and Little Pete and Ellen did to try to find him. And I loved all the little pictures of him throughout the um like traveling and things like that second would be um inspector 34 because it was just so neat watching him do like as gross as it sounds stacking the chicken bones and i remember when we were kids my sisters and i would have a contest to take the ice trays to the fridge without spilling a drop either and then um another one would be hard days pete which i didn't watch until you guys did the podcast about it And it got me into um, Polaris, and I love Summer Baby. So thank you guys for that. And I just love seeing all the, like, um, famous, like, Gen Xers, like Michael Stipe and uh, Iggy Pop and Jenny Garofalo and all that on there. It was a really interesting time in TV for kids, and I really enjoyed it. And it was such a great show, and like I said, once again, congratulations on... 200 episodes. Uh, Can't wait to see what you guys come up with next. 
Cool. Inspector 34, yeah. also a good one. Yeah. Andrew, that was on your list last week, right? Yeah, that was my number seven. Love it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, wonderful, mm-hmm. wonderful performance from 34. Uh, Johnny out of <laughs> Yeah, amazing. Gosh, yeah, he was so great. He was so great. And he... I, I, this is again. This is you know uh, preteen memory, but I feel like he he would go off to the side in between takes and like just like like shake shake the normalness out of him, kind of just to be like this like <laughs> it's a hard thing to be Inspector Thirty Four to be that yeah. perfect. You can't you can't have anything in your mind letting you think that you know yeah. there's anything wrong with what you're doing, even though. Everybody knows you're supposed to be messy when you eat barbecue, dude. Duh. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> That's interesting to think about because, like, the, the performances on Pete and Pete feel, like, very lived in. Like, you know, I think part of the beauty is you really oh, yeah. feel like you're in Wellsville and these are real people. And so, like. Yeah, casting was not screwing around. Yeah. Yeah. 34 felt powerfully real. Uh, yeah. yeah. And yeah. Suzy Roach is in that episode as the meter maid. Oh, yeah. 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 Very cool. Also wonderful. Yes. Uh, Andrew, what's your number four? Um, and number four is Field of Pete. But Coach Naren's new offensive weapon was the most offensive of them all. Hey, better, better, better. Hey, sebaceous bloody sputum eater. Still at three, yo. My brother Pete was the Thai cob of trash talk. It was Naren's most brilliant move. As long as he kept the free Lazari flowing, Pete promised he would keep his foul mouth foaming. Hey, better, 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 better. Hey, better, so wing better, you pus drunk, spurting maggot batter. This is, of course, uh, the slush master. Uh, the Pete's on their baseball this is a, team. This is the a top. You've hit another top five. <laughs> Love so it. My three. I'm. In, I'm in. I'm in for three. I'm in for three, right now. We got Halloweeny sick day and feel the Pete for you. Yes. Very nice. Love it. I mean, this. Uh, we've talked about this episode a lot, but that uh, the undulating uh, Lazarus. Yes. What an image. Stuck in my head all this time yeah, later. That, yeah. Well, that and the, all the gyroscope scenes that, yes. you know, I don't so know amazing. how we made it past standards and practices. Petty <laughs> tripping out in the field. And, I mean, yeah. it was, it, it, it's flagrant, flagrant, flagrant. As an adult, <laughs> I watched that and I was like, oh my God. Like, that was like in college because at a point there was a digital cable channel called Noggin that was like, you know, if yeah. you were, if you went to college and you lived off campus and you bought, you know, the your your digital cable package or whatever you'd get this so i would get like i would get calls and text messages it wasn't like nobody was sending pictures because it was too long ago but like people would just call me up and be like dude i just watched the episode where you're tripping out and i'm on mushrooms right now and i am like having a time (laughs) like what sort of time he's like i don't know who am i talking oh danny yeah i'm wanting to like repeat himself those are, those are good memories but that's what made me like, <laughs> yeah. go back and watch it again and be like yeah yeah I mean you know if I was on mushrooms and I watched this I would probably call myself too <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a wonderful episode oh sorry go ahead uh, just 
I was just going to mention Naren's like um, oh. sucking down that Lazarus, like, you know, like he needs it. And Lazarus, miss. Um, sorry, we're closed. I'm sorry, Naren's. I created the Lazarus for good, not for this. It is good, Bob. Good and frosty. He starts to fall <laughs> apart when he doesn't get it. Um, just so cool. Yeah, I think I, I, I feel like the episodes, like uh, you know, it's about addiction, addiction to winning, addiction to substance. Yeah. You know, it, you, you that uh, you know, it's about corruption. You know, the things that it's corrupt. A, it's, it's certainly <laughs> about corruption. Um, I, I mean, it's so just funny. The, pi- the pinky ring he has on. Yes. Oh my! <laughs> that. The hat and and his his bra- his gold bracelet like it's just like so much going on there of like yeah him him wanting to be the uh, what's his name the Dallas Cowboys coach from the sixties hmm. uh, oh yeah just win know. baby uh yeah I'm come on. Tom Landry thank you Tom Landry yeah he's got he, that's that he has a very serious Tom Landry vibe to me yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, great film I learned I learned what turning a cult into a gelding was. That's something I remember. <laughs> being like, being like, well, that's okay. Now I understand with that uh, horse castration. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pete and Pete was educational. It really uh, it went out of its way to make sure kids were learning important things. Yeah, sebaceous sputometer. I mean, there's like there's I could there's so many good ones. I saw oh, a lot of good ones on that. Dan, Danny, uh, what what is your theory? If you've if you may not have a theory here, uh, gravy boat elementary backstroke. Maybe we should ask the squeegee salesman. And Naren's books it right out of Wellsville. What <laughs> what's being implied here? <laughs> I, I don't know. The squeegee salesman. That one is just. <laughs> It's gotta he be was he was just trying to yeah it's all unsavory and it, it, it's the the trick of of getting around standards and practices is is uh, really deep uh, <laughs> non sequitur innuendos yeah <laughs> it's just like no 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 he didn't mean that he didn't mean that he said there's no context for what he just said <laughs> it does feel like your huh. show more than any other was like maybe left alone. Um, well, yeah, the guy. I, I keep regurgitating what Will and Chris say because we weren't around talking to to you know corporate, I guess. Yeah. But he was like, they they just say like, yeah, they just kind of let it go for a little bit. It was like you know they had like a leaky faucet, and then they finally realized that they had a leaky faucet, and they fixed the drip. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like like oh, you said that that puts it into perspective, and it's so real. <laughs> Pete and Pete, the leaky faucet. The leaky yeah. faucet of Pete and Pete. Yeah, yeah that, that, that sounds right. That sounds right. Um, well, my number four, and don't be upset, Danny, is uh, Yellow Fever. Welcome aboard the Yellow Fever. I am your captain, driver Stu Benedict. Our, Our traveling time, time will be approximately 60 minutes. minutes. We will be cruising at a speed of 55 miles an hour, moving swiftly away from the twisted wreckage of my shattered life! Thank you. Um, <laughs> this, uh, this is... <laughs> Boring. <laughs> Next. Ooh, Mike has feelings. Mike wants to make fun of somebody on a bus. Ooh. Such a good episode. 
you know, I just I'm a real sucker for bullies flicking people's ears. <laughs> and I just love this episode. Um, uh, that that I mean that wiggle. I will I will say that is a brilliant. Uh, yeah, it was so perfect. Uh, but uh, you know, listeners of this show know that I'm like a Stu Benedict. Uh, a, a disciple and uh not not in a healthy way of course uh and um he i think this is like his uh this is his this is his episode you know you get the passengers will refrain from killing my soul oh god uh, that uh, the, the wreckage of my shattered life excuse life, me farmer yes. extremely unhelpful uh, <laughs> you know them doing the uh, test the cops when they pull him over he's you know put a crawler in there oh uh, my god he, this is just uh I just love Stu. Um it's the it's I think the realest not the realest, it's just the most insane character ever put on a children's show. And uh yes. I just Yellow Fever was one. It was the first episode I think like I was in college. Was driving the bus. <laughs> <laughs> this was I think one of the first episodes I rewatched when I bought the DVDs in college, and it's just like I was like, oh, like, no, I wasn't just misremembering this. Like, this is a masterpiece. Um, so I love Yellow Fever. Yeah, I, you know, as much as I talk shit about it because I wasn't in it. It's a, yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, it's, yeah, it's very, it's very, very good. It's, it's very good. You don't have as, a, as don't an have as an observer. It's very it it just. It just missed my top five. <laughs> they had to get Wendell Hyde in there. Yeah. Yes. Uh, uh, Wendell Hyde. Yeah, Wendell Hyde. You know what happened? You know what happened with Yellow Fever, right? They're like, "Oh man, we did a great stew episode in a bus, and we forgot to put Danny in it. Let's write Saturday, and we'll get help him out, and we'll put him in a bus again, <laughs> and then, and then, then they realized, oh yeah. shit, that the show's over." Yeah, did you and Damian Young? <laughs> did you and Damian Young have some kind of beef? Like, if he's in the episode, no, no, no Tamborelli. <laughs> no, but I guess you know what it speaks to. Like, they Pete and Pete did what other kid shows uh, or movies, particularly one that I was in, The Mighty Ducks. Yeah, uh, when there's a classroom scene and all the kids are in the same classroom together. Fuck that. They were not the same age. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. And Pete and, that. and Pete and Pete, like they were like, yeah, like little Pete's in like middle school and, and Mike's in high school and never the two shall, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I never, uh, I never, I never, did I just, did I just blow a, your mind? A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> no, and that's a good thing. That's a beautiful that's a beautiful thing. Damien, so Damien Young and I lived uh, around the corner from each other for like four years in Park Slope Whoa. before I oh, moved wow. to where I live now. So we'd run into each other all the time. And it was just so funny. We'd always be like funny. But, oh, hey. <laughs> it's That's like, awesome. Yeah, we just had these moments and chit chat outside his house or like if he, I was outside walking by my apartment. We just have these moments and it's just like, yeah, I mean, I've known you since I was like, 10 years old man. <laughs> now it's like you know 11 o'clock at night on a wednesday and i'm stumbled out across the bar back to my apartment and i run into damon he's like oh god <laughs> <laughs> don't make eye contact don't make eye contact. Uh, um yeah uh well it's a good one uh all right well let's hear from uh, a couple of our uh, closest friends here this first one um comes from our buddy chris let's hear what he picked hey this is chris uh my favorite pete and pete episode is 
King of the Road. Wow. Uh, <laughs> very, uh, very serious. Uh, Love it. I know he put a bunch of thought into that, but King of the Road, a classic. We talked about that one uh, last week. Uh, yeah. But uh, great pick. Great yep. pick. Uh, let's hear from uh, let's hear from one of our frequent guests, uh, one of our best friends, Candice. Uh, let's hear her yeah. pick here. She's only ten years old for crying out loud. Hey guys, it's Candice. I'm leaving you this message to tell you that my favorite Pete and Pete episode is in season one, and it's called Nightcrawlers. I think it's my favorite because it is the type of Pete and Pete that I like. Um, the very simple essence of a childhood thing that seemed really epic, but is very simple. Um, and it always seems like things that I could relate to as a kid that it seemed like grown-ups had forgotten. Or somehow we, we had this magical understanding because we were kids, but parents could no longer access it. Um, which I relate to. So I love this episode because the power of the kids trying to do something together, something that felt special to them, stay up all night. It's a great concept. I rewatched it for the purpose of this podcast. You're welcome. And I feel like the humor really stands up or possibly I'm picking up on humor that I think is funnier now than it was then. Um, like Clem growing a beard for some reason because he's staying up. And um, the alliance of the parents who were all, like, talking on the phone, trying to band together against the kids. Um, So the humor and the heart are there, which I really appreciate. And it just has that, the thing I like about Pete and Pete, which is the capturing childhood in a bottle. Um, I used to do weird things and my parents would let me. Like, I want to sleep outside on the trampoline all night. And they'd be like, okay. That's not going to be fun, but you can try it. Um, So I just really appreciated it. It also has the amazing ending of Pete's mom being an awesome parent and understanding her child and helping him towards his goals and helping him stay up late and compromising on his bedtime. So the ending is also really well-written, and it's a masterpiece, and I cried. Okay, that's all. Bye. Nice. That could be a top five or two. With the Krebstar 2000 pumping fresh funk into his cortex, Artie was ready for action. I don't believe you can catch me for I am super freaky. (laughs) Artie easily outmaneuvered the sleepy Pete with his patented slide and glide technique. Until... Say goodnight, Artie. Come on, Artie. Come on, Artie. Come on, you can do it. Come on, you can stay up. You're you're my only witness. I need you, Artie. Um, Please. Come on. You can do it. The strongest man in the earth. Come on, Artie. Halloween was mostly like night shots. Nightcrawlers was like all night shots. 
And that meant like I got to start shooting because I could still only work for a certain amount of time because I was a, a kid and there's lots of labor laws. Uh, so I could start at like, started like four or five, but it was like dusky and then we'd shoot through the night. So I like, you know, was staying up until two or three in the morning for like a week. Like the first time that I was a kid like doing that, I was like, oh, this is awesome. <laughs> yeah. I was sneaking coffee and all sorts of stuff. <laughs> I mean, not all, so not all <laughs> sorts of stuff. <laughs> sure. Caffeine caffeinated stuff. Yes. Well, it's a, it's a it's it's a wonderful episode. It's it's my number three. If you don't care if I cut it in here, Andrew. Yeah, it's a it's my number three. Um, you know, nice. we've talked about it a little before. It felt really relatable, like you know, kids trying to conquer the night. Um, as an adult now, like I relate more to the idea that like parents feeling in control while also like wildly out of control and helpless um, to mm. you know the whims of their children and. Uh, it's a it's a real display for Artie. Uh, I feel like it's our first real display where Artie gets to kind of show off, and uh, Toby Huss is just you know incredible. Like like all the kind of uh, character actors we've talked about here, he's just another flawless one. So yeah, he's nice. yeah he's great. He's great in this episode. Yeah, it's a great mom. It's a great mom and son episode too. Like there's like yeah. that that beautiful moment at the end. It's like such so a, good. You know, it, it, it's yeah, it's just it's like a perfect moment where, you know, they realize like, you know, parents aren't there to just bust your balls like there's you know, some reason behind it. And, and actually, I'm proud of you for sticking to what you're trying to do. So let's, you know, let me help you. What do you say we settle on new bedtime? You bluffing. How about 10 o'clock? 1030. 1015. 11. Okay, 1015's good. Where are you going? It's bedtime, right? Well, you still have 49 minutes. Forget it. My last witness is in La La No, she's not. Tag, you're it. <laughs> so that's how the battle over bedtime. Yeah, that's like a that's a great thing for kids to see, because you know sometimes they're not that way. They don't have their same kind of life like that. And I've had people come up to me and say that before, and it's like you know, like their show gave me like more of a, a family dynamic than I had, and you know that was my outlet, and that's like a. Yeah. You know, it's terrible that that was their life, but it's beautiful that we were able to, like, give them some positivity and some direction, albeit, you know, weirdo direction, but that's fine. <laughs> yeah. Well, w but it's weirdness amazing. is necessary. No, it is. It is. It's really, it's really, truly important. It makes people think. Yeah. Andrew, what's your number three? Uh, my number three is The Call. After nearly three decades of fear... The curse was finally over. But as we were about to learn, the legend of the ringing phone would never end. Hub knew that mom would never pick up the phone, but it didn't really matter. To him, the rings were like an eternal flame. He kept lit by simply staying on the line. 
To this day, when we hear the rings, it reminds us that true love, if it's really true, doesn't need an answer. So we've gone into it a little, uh, but uh, it's just, I, I feel like it does what Pete and Pete does best, which is uh, take like a just bizarre concept and make you care about it and laugh at it. I did something really uh, bad at, during at the call, shooting the call, where because uh, Baby New Earth was in that episode, yeah, and uh, she had gotten into some sort of I don't know disagreement with the person who was picked picked her up and was not friendly to her for whatever reason. I don't remember exactly the specifics. But it was so long ago that we had the, it was like the newest technology was like getting the beeper that would have like text on it, but you'd have to call an operator and then the operator would text that information and send it, beam it to the, to the thing. So I used to go into the production office because I knew where all of, you know, all the numbers were for that. And at the end of the day, I, I called, I sent a text on, on this little beeper thing just being like bb's on her way back to set she's really upset with you she thinks you stole her glasses and she's like she's freaking out and this poor and like she couldn't have been more than like 22 years old 23 years old she's like oh my god bb newworth wants to kill me like like she like was like really upset and like came back to the production office and i was sitting there laughing and and I never had any regrets until I'm an adult now. And I feel like that was a really mean thing to do, Mm -hmm. but it was really funny in the moment, especially when she came in, like all freaked out and I was just laughing there. Imagine what she was thinking about me. (laughs) (laughs) And because we shot that at an old drive-in. So like, it was like the, the production office was like, you know, the, one of the back rooms in the, in the little box outside the theater. That is amazing. I, <laughs> the more uh, I've listened to things about you, the more you like almost seem like you are little Pete. Like you guys kinda, are kind of hard not to get kind of hard not to catch some of that during like the most developmental part of your yeah, life. Yeah. Like does your, your particulars, your taste yeah. and your musical taste and your comedic taste and your dickheadedness and your <laughs> assholiness you know, depends on what's your <laughs> you know because yeah, yeah. yeah i mean it's true like it's, it's, there's a little bit i feel like i just wasn't like a, in real life i'm not a, such a tough guy mm-hmm. but okay. which is true to little pete as well i mean little pete yeah, yeah uh, he was he he seems more tough than he actually is he's got yeah. a soft side yeah but he's um, quick to make a buck okay that's why he was an insurance <laughs> salesman <laughs> I feel like he gets that from his dad. You know, he his dad's a go getter, a hard worker, but he's got that loving mom. You know, it's all there. It's all there. Tool and die on anybody's list? Tool and die tool or die was my number six. Oh, okay. okay. Um loved it. Uh yeah, your your dis what was it, the dismemberment insurance? <laughs> dismemberment insurance plan, yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's where that's where the blowing the thumbs up. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> which, which became which became a thing. Yeah, for I always me, for me personally, for people who don't even know who I am, I just walk down the street and do that to them, and they're like, "Wow, that guy must be somebody." <laughs> Love it. That was always yeah. That was kind of my favorite little little Pete uh, storylines where you became like this like operator, you know, like where you you know 
Dirk Wings the name uh, yeah, at the Canadian yeah. border. Oh, my God. <laughs> Dirk uh, Wings the name. Yeah. Oh my God. Where he's where he's pretending to be thirty. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, let's hear from Brooks. Hey guys, Brooks here. I watched Pete and Pete when it originally aired, but it didn't quite resonate with me the way other Nickelodeon shows did at the time. But you guys have done a great job of bringing it back and showing the magic of the show. Since rewatching many episodes, my favorite is Hard Day's Pete. It's easy to identify with Little Pete and the first time he connects with a song. I remember as a kid the first time I heard a song and it really hit me, not only the sound of it, but maybe what it meant to me. I grew up in a day where you just couldn't Google, YouTube, or even download on LimeWire. So that really brought me back to a time and a couple of songs that resonated with me. It's pretty funny what Little Pete went through to bring back the magic of that song for himself, and I find it to be a great song myself. It's a simple concept that touches everyone at some point in their life, and this episode told a great individual story of one of those moments. Great episode. And Brett here. What's up, all you blowholes, dipwads, jerkweeds, and gut buckets? This is Brett of Brett Wilson Art here. Uh, just letting you know my top favorite Pete and Pete episode. Obviously, it's very, very difficult to choose just one out of the amazing bunch of 39, uh, including the shorts. But if I had to pick just one on the spot, I would have to go with Hard Day's Pete. And the reason for that is because of the music. The music of Pete and Pete is very integral to its identity as a show. Uh, in the 90s, uh, alternative and indie rock were just emerging as their own types of genres. Uh, while other things like R&B, rap, and even New Jack Wing were um, dominating the airwaves. But with, with Pete and Pete, it really helped you find your identity as someone who's a little bit offbeat, not cut from the same cloth of mainstream media, whatever that may be. And when I first watched this episode, it really made me think about my connection to music, how I first discovered music, you know, listening on my yellow waterproof uh, Sony Walkman uh, during bus rides to school uh, made me think about what it's like to get a song stuck in your head and to not be able to remember the words or, you know, anything beyond the melody, but really wanting to. Uh, because back then we didn't really have MP3 players. We didn't have the internet to provide music, you know, on the spot uh, whenever we wanted. We had to record it from the radio. And if we missed it, we missed it. So... You know, episodes like this are a prime example of what went on at the time. And my connection to it really helped me explore music a lot more. Uh, really love the songs, especially um, Surfing Bum, Surfing Fun that was played near the end. That was that was a riot. And I loved Artie's hula dancing to it. Um, and I really loved just Pete, Little Pete, exploring the options uh, beyond his favorite song, too, with his band, The Blowholes. And I feel like... If it wasn't for that episode, a lot of people wouldn't even have gotten into the type of music that I got into today. I mean, I'm, I'm no famous musician or anything, but I play bass now, and I, I owe a lot of my musical taste to, to Pete and Pete, so you got to give it that. <laughs> and, um, you know, just the music of the show in general is just really iconic. Uh, not only the Polaris songs, but everything else included, including Sid Straw, the mag Magnetic Fields. And um, the sixth, Falling Out of Love With You, is one of my favorite tracks of the entire series. So, yeah, that's that's my pick. Hope you enjoyed and uh, give Hard Day's Pete a listen. Well, yeah. you've, na you've, nailed, you've nailed one more for me. <laughs> that is in my top five. That's probably in my top three, but that's for personal reasons as well, too. Mm -hmm. Again, it's all nostalgia. 
Pete's band made its North American debut live over Wart Radio. On bass guitar, her head may be filled with numbers, but her veins throb with gasoline. She's Elma Cooter Fingerwood. Heart times soul equals rock and roll. On drums, a kid who's wanted in 21 states for the crime of rockin', he's Clem Mutton Chop Linnell. My daddy was a rattlesnake, and my mama wore a six-gun. On lead guitar, he reads your meters, now he's ready to rock your world. He's lightning, Mel Ratner. Oh, sorry. Man, my brain was flipping like a pancake. And on rhythm guitar, I'm Pete, Thunderball Wrigley, and together... We make up the blowholes. Count us down, Cooter. Uh, 1.1, 1.2, 1.3. Let's rock! Yeah. Although it's got to go deeper, right? Like, you ended up playing music. Uh, yeah, I mean, I got my first bass while they were sh- while we were shooting that episode, and, like, it was just, like, immediately immersed myself into playing music. Yeah. It was like, I've, I've been playing bass since, you know, the first day of shooting that episode. Wow. Where did so, you get? Where, whose bass was it? Like, where did you get the this? Bass? Was I? Well, I didn't have a bass, and I was bitching about it on set. <laughs> and Dan Fishman, who's a, a prop master on the show, he the next day brought me one and said, "I got this dog, and he hates it. Like, he goes nuts <laughs> and he barks like crazy, and my wife gets pissed off. So I can't be doing it anymore." And I heard you bitching about it. So here's a bass. Wow. So in that, in 1979, Aria Pro Bass is like a Japan, uh, you know, there's like in the mid 70s, this company, they made all sorts of just like, you know, uh, almost, almost guitar and basses. Like, and so it almost looks like a Gibson or almost looks like a Fender. <laughs> yeah. Um, just like copies of stuff. And, it's cool. I still have it. I, just, I don't really play it out much, but I always bring it as a backup bass. <laughs> yeah. This is yeah. like a life-changing so, I mean, moment. It's, mm-hmm. it's super life-changing moment. Yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, that, that like bestowed my passion upon me that wasn't, you know, acting stuff. Now in the episode was what were, were Polaris, uh, Mark Mulcahy and bunch, were they actually like playing in the garage or was it all just kind of, uh, no, it was canned, but they had, they had, uh, I think there were moments where it was, they were actually playing, but I think yeah. like during all of like the big scene stuff. Yeah. But the, all the amps worked and they were on. So like, you know, they were messing around. Just think about them. They're just like, oh, cool. We're on this kid show. Like, we got <laughs> our stuff in our hands. Like, yeah. oh, they're taking a break for a little bit. Like, oh, we'll play a little bit. It's kind of yeah. like mess around it was just like one of those moments where i was like wow i want to have a connection like that with people like that's really cool yeah yeah um so yeah so i mean that that's really cool and, and it's it is true like i i've had so many of those moments in my life where i hear something that i love and then i you know may never hear it again and like try to figure out like i had those moments on my honeymoon when we were in portugal where like we were just listening to the radio and i'd hear like something that i like and i'd try to like I try to like take a picture of it on my phone, like to get the name of it or like, you know, shazamming it and then like screenshotting it and stuff like that. And like, but there are some things that I just, 
heard and was like, oh, this is really cool, and I'll never ever hear it again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a it's a it's a wonderful episode. Um, I'm gonna cut ahead of you again, Andrew. Okay. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's it's my number two. Um, wow, number two. Hard Day's Pete. Um, we talked about this episode last year. I'm going to be like, you know, sentimental for a moment, but like, it's pretty much hard to put into words what this episode like meant as a kid who was like super into music, you know, knew the power of you know, the song. The episode is like about the power of songs that you love, and like then that to- total despair of not knowing what the song is. And um, so, Andrew and I. Uh, met you know when we were when we were little we had this friend nick and we'd start trying to learn songs in the garage you know songs like way less cool than summer baby but you know we, we were trying to learn like what was it the verb freshman and local age, <laughs> local, <laughs> local, local yeah. h bound to the floor and so yeah. we were in the we were in the garage doing this stuff and like you know i had my like, clear. Really <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. i had my shitty epiphone with the missing e and uh I don't know. So this, like, it really, like, when I was a kid, like, knocked me out of my seat to be like, whoa, like, yeah, kids as young as me couldn't be, like, this into music and, like, can be in a band. And that was something that kind of stuck with me for, like, the rest of my life. It introduced me to Mark Mulcahy, who, like, his music's meant so much to me, not just Polaris, but Miracle Legion and his solo stuff. Um, So Totally. um, Just, uh, you know, it was... I, I wish I could. I, want, I wanted to put it one, but there's an episode that just like has made. I don't know. One I rewatch more, I guess. Uh, and of course, this is the episode that gives us good morning gut buckets. So it does. It does. It does. <laughs> wart, wart radio. Is it? Wart radio. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. But so you drink coffee, but you don't like the taste. <laughs> and I always thought that was a great line. Yeah, that is a great line. Uh, that and when uh, Don sits down with little Pete to have the talk and uh, he says Artie's already had that talk with him. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. yeah, It's a special episode. It's just like a really like unique uh, episode of anything. So it's just cool. Yeah. It really gave me an affinity for hanging out in people's garages. Yeah. (laughs) As I got older, I was like, wow, garages are cool. Yeah. Underrated. (laughs) It would always be weird when I'd have like, because that was initially what we did. Like my garage, uh, I had one friend, Brandon, I went over to his garage and then like in high school, we'd start playing in people's basements and be like, this feels almost like hoity toity. (laughs) (laughs) I I think, I think that episode also made me uh, show my friends that if we all pulled together, our parents, uh, electric, garage door openers we maybe could open other people's <laughs> yes there was a, a, a litany of underage uh, minor burglaries in people's garages in Wyckoff, New Jersey and it was my fault <laughs> Andrew I feel like you were into that didn't you have a universal garage remote I feel like we maybe ordered something like that from one of those uh, novelty magazines yeah. things you never knew existed oh right um, yeah like if you took a bunch of vacuum cleaners apart and made them into a triangle, you'd fly like a hoverboard. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, boys. Life. <laughs> exactly. Um, all right, Andrew, uh, your number two. Uh, yeah, my number two is what we did on our summer vacation. Wow. How do you know the summer is really and truly over? 
My dad says it's over precisely one second after midnight on September 21st. My friend Ellen says it's over the moment you start thinking about whether to buy a three-ring binder or a spiral notebook for school. But for me, the way I know the summer is a goner is when my brother Pete and Artie, the strongest man in the world, go to the beach and try to beat up the ocean. They're not crazy, just angry. Angry that the summer has to end. I know exactly how they feel. Every I love it oh, so man, much. I was, I was sure this would be your one. Ah, it, it was very close. Um, I just, upon seeing my number one, I had to pick it, but uh, I love this episode so much. I feel like it perfectly hits that um, line between like real and fantasy, uh, especially with Mr. Tasty's character. Just this bizarre, like connection that they have with the ice cream man um yeah and before i ever knew about that jonathan richmond song ice cream man and i was like oh maybe they were listening to that ah. <laughs> it's like ice cream man i uh i hear your truck outside it's really neat it's like oh, okay all right i think i get this yeah and that's also cool that you like that's like one of your top ones because that was like pre-seasons that was a special ah uh, yeah yeah that sure. they put into the first season, but that was a it was a special. Yeah, um, yeah, man. I mean, and so everybody who listens to this knows I'm a summer person, and uh, <laughs> this episode for me is like maybe the most nostalgic that I feel for any episode uh, for the summer, the summer ending. As a kid, especially like how hard that hits you, and um, yeah. Just accepting yeah. things ending in general. Well, I have a question for both of you then. Well, first, Andrew, since you're, this is you, uh, how many times have you beaten up the ocean? Have you done um, it? Have I you have done it. Need? Yeah. I bet, I bet you have. After this, it was uh, <laughs> every vacation I went on, every family vacation, that was like the first thing. You know? It's like the first thing that pops into your mind when it's the ocean. <laughs> well, if you don't do it, if you don't do it, if you do it before Labor Day, you screw everyone else over. So be careful when you yes, do that. Yes, yeah, I know. So you got to be when the summer is ending. If you punch, <laughs> if you're punching waves in July, that's you know how we went through all of the the uh, English letters and we went into Greek letters last year. It's probably because you were beating up the ocean in July. It might have been. Yeah. Keep keep those hurricanes <laughs> down. Stop beating up the ocean before Labor Day. This is a PSA. That's a good point. For all yeah. us Ohio kids, we were, you know, just beating the shit out of Lake Erie. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's okay. Erie, it all it all feeds. There's right, underground right. there's underground tunnels that we don't know about. <laughs> the Erie Canal, folks. Um, <laughs> oh, is that above ground now? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, great one, Andrew. I, I, oh boy, now I'm real excited to find out what your one is because, like, you know, I was so sm- I was smug about it. I was like, oh, it's yeah. gotta be what what we do. <laughs> mm. Hmm. Um. Well, it is someone else's number one, and that let's hear a clip here from uh, Vaughn. If I could describe what it is that Pete and Pete always do so well, it's that they have a real knack for taking the smallest most seemingly insignificant situation and making you realize in 24 minutes how powerfully nostalgic that thing actually is. So with that in mind, I chose what we did on our summer vacation, which pretty much hones in on the so close yet so far relationship 
between a kid and that ice cream man and how um, the ice cream man has this really important job of signaling the summer's beginning and unfortunately also its end. I, I love so many episodes of Pete and Pete, but if I did have to choose one that I could watch forever, it would hands down be this episode. They completely nailed the casting as well. They were looking for a couple of strange but delightful people to play um, Mrs. Vanderveer um, and Captain Scrummy. And they chose um, Michael Stipe of R.E.M. and Kate Pearson of the B-52s. Fresh off the back of that amazing shiny happy people collaboration also. Just want to throw that in there. Um, So I love that they both signed up for this episode and played these amazing eccentric characters. Um, So yeah, it it is a tough call uh, in terms of best Pete and Pete cameos. But for me, this episode is 100% peak. In terms of my favorite scenes uh, that make this episode so great for me personally, I love the montage scene of Pete, Pete and Ellen trying to connect with Mr. Tasty and the image um, of his little white gloved hands holding out the drippy blue tornado bars as he tries to keep a comfortable um, ice cream manly emotional distance. Um, I love Mrs. Vanderveer's romantic stories um, about how he told her that her eyes are as blue as the bluest blue tornado bars um, and how she calls him Leonard for reasons we can only assume are because she is on first name terms with with Mr. Tasty um, when they were obviously in some sort of romantic relationship. Um, I love that the kids go through blue tornado bar withdrawal and that whole scene is just great. Um, how they start hallucinating that he's there, but he's not really there. Um, I also love that Ellen gets a really nice chunk of this episode. Uh, she is working in that booth over the summer, um, and tracking Tasty as he journeys throughout the country, putting up wanted posters, um, And I think that Michael Stipe's bit here as Captain Scrummy, where he gives Big Pete an insight into the Ice Cream Man code of ethics, uh, justifying why they're so elusive um, because they, you know, they can be. They've got this extensive flavor selection. And I just love that scene so much. Um, I, I love, in sum, I love how much this episode captures that bittersweet feeling of summer coming to an end. Um, So I'll leave it here with my favourite quote from the man himself in answer to the question of why he has to go. I'm an ice cream man. I am what the summer is. Fireflies, thunderstorms, but sweat on a car seat. And when it all goes, I have to go with it. So thanks so much, guys. Um, Andrew and Joey at Big Orange Couch for having me in some form again on the pod to let you know how much this episode means to me and I'm sure so many other listeners. So thanks guys. Bye. Yeah. Great to hear from Vaughn all the way in England repping. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. And great pick of course. Of course. And yeah, I love the shout outs to, um, you know, this episode has probably the most famous cameos. You got Michael Stipe. I've mentioned this before, but one of my favorite images of pretty much anything on film is uh the uncovering of the cutlass supreme 
Yeah. Finding yes. that. God, I love that. And and Hardy Rawls making up that song. Yes. I got so good. Windows, headlights. Like I he he did that uh, once. I was nine or ten years old, and I'm thirty-nine years old, and I can still sing it like the way that he did it because it's so stuck in my head forever. Uh, I love that. We we did get to talk to Will McRobb and Andrew. I remember you asked him about that shot because it's like as a kid you're just like, oh, they buried a car, and then he's like, oh no, we just yeah. like put some sand on a car. And you're like, oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, that's that's uh, that's awesome. All right, uh, well, we're at our number one. I think we all still have one episode left. Um, and let's recap, Andrew. What's your top five so far? Uh, time tunnel, field of Pete. The call and what we did on our summer vacation. Oh, yeah. it's a very good list. It's a very good list. Thank I'm you. proud. I'm Thank proud you. of that list. <laughs> uh, I have the call, <coughs> Yellow Fever, Nightcrawlers, and Hard Days Pete. It's not as good of a list, but it's <laughs> thanks, Danny. Uh, <laughs> and what do you have, Danny? Uh, I have Hard Days Pete. I have. Nightcrawlers. I have. Uh, oh yeah, sick days on there and Halloweeny. Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Andrew, do you want to lead us off? Sure. Um, my favorite episode, the one I think is most essential, maybe, is uh, Grounded for Life. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You're grounded. Parameters. House. Privileges. Food and bathroom. Duration. Dad had taken the pause every kid dreads. Would he show mercy or would he be a parent? One month. Parent. One month? Might as well ground me for life. Almost the 4th of July. The fireworks. Oh, he'll miss the fireworks. He'll miss the fireworks. Uh. It's just, it's got everything for me. I mean, it's summer, uh, plenty of arty. <laughs> this poor um, guy, you, you only happy three months out of the year. We gotta it's fix, true. We gotta, it's true. We gotta fix that. We gotta fix that. <laughs> Any, anyone who knows Andrew knows this is actually true. Yes, uh, this is accurate. Um, uh, this is just so great. I love it. Uh, him tunneling under the yard, Nona's first appearance. Nona uh, putting the pictures up on the house. Oh, my um, God. Finding I, Jim, finding Jimmy Hoffa's wallet. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it ends just on such a triumphant note. Um, yeah, yeah. Like, that's just it for me. I love it so much. You know, I'm going to start. I'll be getting those texts uh, from my friends sooner <laughs> than later. Oh, look, Statue of Liberty just came out of the ground. <laughs> Grounded for life was too real for me because I used to get grounded a lot. My, was like uh, my, that was my parents' like go to. Like, oh, it's like he's on TV. He's got his, you know, he's got his music, his music stuff in his bedroom. I can't take that away from him. Uh, friends, yeah, no friends. No, no, you can't have friends. You're grounded. Maybe, yeah, maybe that's why it took me so long to come around to this episode because I too was also uh, also an often grounded kid. Uh, so for it felt like very traumatic. Yeah, yeah, exact, exactly, yeah. exactly. Although this does have um, two of our favorite lines. Uh, you have soft hands for a man, Don. That is so nice. I, I say that to people, and nobody understands it. But I like I need to have that joke for myself. Yes. 
and then uh, when it rains, it smells like summer. Oh, yeah. so good. So, so good. evocative. Yeah. I just wrote a song over quarantine. It's called Summer Cement. And that's all. Oh. It's got that's it's kind of in in that. Yeah. I love it. Which is Summer Cement. Kind of, yeah, that is evocative. Summer, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Summer Cement. Yeah. Very nice. Um, my number one uh, is an episode we talked about today that is Field of Pete. Um, it's about the way we've been winning games. It doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel like baseball. Yeah, is that so? Well, thanks for the update, number five, because up till now, I thought everything you knew about baseball, you learned from me. You, you weren't even clay. You were like, like a handful of silt. But I took that silt. And I molded it into my image, the image of a winner. I made you what you are, and you turned on me. Forgive him, Lazarus. Mr. Nairns? Just win, baby. That's your number one. That's my number one. It's it's pretty damn good. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, Nairns, I feel like this was also like, so Andrew and I grew up, we've known each other since we were three. Uh, and I feel like from the moment we saw this episode, like this connected us kind of like we loved Narens, we loved Orange Lazarus. We loved, I mean, I love, we played baseball in my yard. You know, we weren't like athletes, but like, I, I, I love the idea of like bringing the Pete's together. I'm always a bigger fan of like the episodes where kind of the Pete's have a, uh, kind of a shared storyline. Um, and this yeah. one I think does it better than any other Pete episode where like, you know, they're each kind of doing their own thing but connected in it um in the same way like time tunnel does uh and splashdown um so this is uh oh and such a great um i don't know the actor's name now i feel bad but the guy who plays slushenheimer um, he's yeah, so he good great. i just saw him the other day when i was watching um the manchurian candidate and i just <laughs> <laughs> interesting there, there was two people in it oh, the shoot, original there. one no no it's yeah, i know I, <laughs> oh of course right yeah 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 he was he was five um but you could tell uh no yeah there was two people from pete and pete in it and now i oh yeah the guy who plays mr slurm is also in the manchurian wow. uh, oh, remake nice um anyway he's just everybody in this episode's top of their game uh you danny mike um uh, Nick Wyman, who plays Narens, uh, David Martell playing Teddy, is uh, just, um, just yeah. killing it. Um, so, but he's, but you know, he's, he's not acting. You know that. Right? <laughs> <laughs> he was a method actor. He was method, right? He, uh, <laughs> he'd come with br- uh, brain freezes. <laughs> he um, really, he really did squirt milk out his ears. <laughs> Yeah. So this is just my re my this is to me the most rewatchable episode. Like I love kicking this one on. It's a great again summer episode. Hard Days Pete's probably the most important episode to me, but um this one just makes me so happy. It's like uh, you know, just medicine. Uh so Gilda yeah. Pete for me, but the you know, Thanks. I'm not saying this is your number one, uh, but Danny, what what episode that we maybe have or haven't <laughs> talked about that uh, uh you want to throw on there? I will say that the Hard Days Pete is number one for me. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll, okay. I'll, I will. I will drop that. I will drop that. It's like that's that's that would be my number one, and all the other ones fall into somewhere directly behind them. Gotcha. Um, 
yeah. I think there's so many, there's so many good, I mean, it's hard. It's really hard. Like apocalypse Pete is so good. And yeah. there's, there's so much stuff going on there. Like the, having the command central, like all of that stuff was like a kid's cream dream. Like I had, <laughs> when that was over, they let me take that control Whoa. to like the, that big like semicircle thing home. And it got like, put in, it got put in my parents' backyard where it like rotted away Whoa. and deteriorated into nothing. Cause it was made of plywood, but it was fun for like, I don't know. A good like you got a good like two seasons out of it like at least two years yeah. and it sat there while it, like just kind of like slowly dissolved <laughs> into the dirt um awesome. i would say though i think the most fun that i had acting and watching and being a part of was last laugh i think that oh. adam i think that adam west and me like like fighting against adam west was so surreal even like my 12, 13 year old self was like, this is so cool. What's the charge? Ah, oh, Mr. Wrigley. It is my pleasure to place you under immediate and extended suspension for plotting to disrupt a school function. You got nothing on me. I didn't. That's true. But then a little birdie began to sing. It's all over, Pete. I told him everything. Why? You broke your word. You pranked me. And now I'm pranking you. Pretty good, huh? Oh, this is so good. No, no. You traitor! Ah! They were counting on us! Ah! This isn't happening. Somebody slapped me! And he was so cool. And it was, you know, pre-South Park and everybody really only knew him as, like, Batman and, like, yeah. you know, kind of being, like, uh, didn't realize what a f- fucking crazy, like, weirdo, hilarious, dirty, like, completely subversive, with a smile on your face guy. Yes. And he was so, yeah, he was just so fun to act with. Like, like I've, I feel like I had the most fun fun maybe doing anything ever was like acting alongside him and like having that that back and forth like <laughs> villain character I mean he was just yeah so good I got to do some stunts in that like, you know like when I fell through the trap door like they put me up like you know the top of this gymnasium and I had to learn how to like fall on my back and let go and like fall on this like it was just such a yeah, so I feel like that's that's a close number two, other than the fact that I play music and like I feel like Hard Day's Pete. It was just like just assumed always that that'll be my favorite, but yeah. Last Laugh is like the most I think the most fun I had working and then watching it. Yeah, we, it, Andrew, it was in your number nine, I think. Yeah, um, yeah, not, not good enough. <laughs> But it's it it's almost like a it's it's a two it's a twofer like last laugh and all nighter, like both Adam yeah. West, both in the school. They're like real ensemble. Oh like, God, all nighter was great too. That's that's yeah. He's so good in this. Like and he does I think what every adult character in Pete and Pete does, which is like he doesn't acknowledge the absurdity. He just like it is. Yeah, embraces it. It's just yeah. like it's normal normal everyday occurrence. 
which is, I think, kind of how people are. Like, pe more people are strange than are normal. Uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, it's more likely that this guy has some kind of fetish about uh, hygiene than it's not. So, yeah, something just feels really real about it. And little Pete being the thorn in his side feels perfect. Yeah. Yeah, I, I also love that episode. Just uh, you can tell how much fun it was um, just watching it. So it's very good. Yeah, perfect. Well, uh, so there it is. We've we've finally conquered our favorite Pete and Pete's. Uh, with yeah. the help of Danny Tamborelli, uh, which and I'm sorry that you guys are finishing your podcast now. You've hit 200, and that's it. You guys had a good run. I'm really, I'm really like happy for you guys, and, and I want to send you off with something nice. Oh, thanks, Danny. Uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> it'll be a lifelong regret that we never got to 100 deeds for Eddie McDowell, but so be oh. it. <laughs> you know, you know who's also sad about that? Me. If we got into 100 episodes. That's syndication, baby. <laughs> Smart. It's smart. It's actually a great pitch, right? It's like yeah. oh, I'd make a show called The Hundred Deeds of Eddie McDowell. <laughs> and then that then that guy was like, you know what? I want to make a more adult version of that. Um, and it's called My Name is Earl. And that <laughs> did get syndicated because they did over a hundred things. Yeah. Wow. That you've blew you've blown my mind again. Um, <laughs> actually, I'm not sure if that's accurate. I could be bullshitting, but I think I think I think Eddie McDowell. I think it did. I I think he's mostly no. Just Eddie McDowell didn't. He's, he's mostly, <laughs> that poor guy. Well, he's a dog who died uh, twenty years ago, oh, and he was yeah. already eighteen. Rest yeah, in peace. That, yeah, that's the saddest thing about all the animals that were on Pete and Pete. They're all dead now. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah in in Monica's backyard. And I killed a couple of them. I had I got to keep some of the turtles, so I had Gary and Clark, and wow. they lived for a little <laughs> while, and then they met their demise. And I also had Gary the lizard, and at some point he is died. that true? Is that true? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. wow! Yeah, I took them. I took them home. They're just like we, else, we don't know what to do with these animals. Yeah, you know, they're like I don't I like I don't I don't know what to do with them. And I'm like I'm a kid, and I'm I feel connected to them. And my mom was like, Oh my god, these turtles stink. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. Uh, all right. Well, uh, Andrew, what are what are we doing next time? Uh, next week we're in time for uh, the Salute Your Shorts 30th anniversary. We're talking one of our favorite episodes, Mail Carrier Mona. Yeah, more more strange adults. Like you know, I think our fascination yeah. is you know strange adults. Uh, but yeah, this is a beautiful episode. Brett Wilson will be joining us, uh, who did the wonderful art for these two parts of uh, our favorite. Uh, Isn't Brett Wilson awesome? He's like, awesome. He's, like he's he does he's so amazing. much good work, and he and he puts it out consistently, and he puts out a lot of it, and and yeah, I love it's it. It's really it's awesome. Yeah, and, it's, yeah. It's we, someone we, doing what they love, and like, I mean the the '90s Nick community. Like, I I don't think we ever thought this would become a thing. Like, people would listen to it. I thought we you know we thought we were like weirdos who would do like five episodes, but um, it's just such a like cool community of people, like very sincere, genuine people who are like. And also who wanted to like make creative stuff and Brett has yeah. just been killing. It. I don't know if you've ever seen his hard days, Pete, that he did for us, but it is. Yes, I have, I have seen it. Yeah, it's majestic. I have seen it. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, sh yeah, shout out to Brett. He'll yeah, be you guys have been, you guys have heard from Brett. I've heard from other people. They're like, you got to be on the Big Orange Cows podcast. <laughs> oh. And well, they said it, they miss, they miss say it just like they like the Big Orange podcast. <laughs> 
that's it. Is that like how they finish the letters to you about like pitch. living in the basement? Uh... That's right. It's all yes. one, it's all one word, and and yeah, there's there it's missing vowels and yeah. stuff. I, but I understand. All right, I'll stop sending them. I'll stop sending them. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, Danny, it really has been fun. Uh, we can't wait to have you back for Eddie McDowd. Uh, <laughs> look you can do eddie mcdowd you can do one one episode of space cases you could do oh, yes. you can do uh maybe amanda show yeah know, we've done one I yeah think. we've done one uh, but you know all that and you let me know i'm all, yeah. i'm done yeah. i'm done you guys are fun this is a lot of fun <laughs> cool we appreciate it yeah. i just had this was this was your test you passed oh good thank okay. you this okay. is except except if you ever watch yellow fever again i will never come back <laughs> Going inside to scratch my disc, as, wow. uh, <laughs> as my little sister did to my yeah. back mellow gold CD. I was so yeah. pissed. Oh my gosh! Hopefully she didn't scratch loser. No, oh, she scratched the whole thing. She took it was like a like one of those felt pens that had the you know that little like silver to put a like, stick it on your pocket, and she like broke that off. Oh my! When you break that off, and it has like two teeth on the side of it, and she just like scratched her. Yeah, it was vindictive as fuck. It was. She was like, I don't, I don't remember what she did. I just remember being like, this CD wasn't scratched like that before, and I'm very, very. Like, upset. Do you know who I am? I'll have Iggy Pop murder you. Uh, <laughs> I will keep telling you that Courtney Love wrote all the songs that you like. <laughs> Kurt Cobain. All right. Uh, well, thanks again, Danny. Yeah, yeah no problem. So great, be, be well. Thanks. Thank you. Uh, we'll see all you guys next episode. That's your sign off. Uh, it's different every time, but yeah, pretty much. <laughs> let's 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 do that again one more time with a little more like happiness. Like, hey, come back and listen to my podcast. Last last, last week you said I'll, we'll see all you little femurs next week. What what, oh, man, what, what, what do we got? Idea. What do we got today? Oh boy. Um, well, I'm I'm here. You could say something about uh, you know suck sucking chowder. See you next time. See you next time, guys. Make sure you suck chowder, jerkweeds. <laughs> chowder chuckers. Or chowder suckers. All guys, right. and remember, this is how you turn a cult into a gilding. See you next time. <laughs> oh, I love it. Can we just use yours? Do, we, do I need to do <laughs> just, it? Yeah. Just yeah. a string of just a string of like five Danny. Uh... That's fine. Yeah, you can. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're five thousand bucks a peach. Oh, I said a peach, not a piece. Yeah. A peach. They're five thousand bucks a peach. A doll hair. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, guys.
Uh, this we always start the episode with a quote from Little Pete, so now I feel weird. Um, <laughs> hold on, I don't you see better any do it. You better do it right. That's <laughs> all I'm saying. Well, it's or, only I can co- or I can co- I can coach you if you don't. If, oh. you, if it's not to my liking, drink that. It's milk. <laughs> 